This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Your Catholic Corner on this, the third Sunday of Easter. Online, on air and on demand. 89.0 Free FM. This is Salve Regina by the Benedictine Monks. On this, the third Sunday of Easter, in Cycle C, we have the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, where the Apostles are brought before the Sanhedrin in order to stop speaking in Jesus' name. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 30, a song of praise to God, who rescues us. And the second reading is from Revelation, where John describes his vision of the praises that will be sung to the Lamb, the Lamb with a capital L, by every creature on heaven and earth. And then the Gospel reading is from John, where Jesus appears to the disciples for a third time after his resurrection And he shares a meal with the disciples. I'm Julie. Welcome to Your Catholic Corner. Brought to you by the parishioners of St. Matthew's in Hillcrest in Hamilton City. Kirikiriroa, God's own Aotearoa, New Zealand. With very special thanks to the parishioners of St. Matthew's in Hillcrest in Hamilton City for bringing this show to the world since the year 2000. So thank you. Lately, I've been praying, well, I've been trying to pray, one of the hymns that I use on this show quite a bit. I let the hymn repeat 
on a cycle like a loop in my mind. And it's Hail Mary, gentlewoman. I don't always get the words in the correct order. Sometimes I kind of get stuck in a loop. And that hymn, Hail Mary, gentlewoman, I'm going to be sharing it with you again today. One, because it's such a beautiful prayer and it's quite calming. And two, because I believe it's appropriate that... For me, anyway, I hope it's for you as well, that it's meaningful for you when we are giving praise, giving worship to a woman who lost her son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, we heard that Jesus appeared to the gathered disciples in a locked room, probably in Jerusalem. And you may remember that Thomas wanted to put his hands, doubting Thomas, he wanted to put his hands and fingers into the holes of Jesus' body. In today's gospel, the disciples are no longer in Jerusalem. They're in Galilee, returning to the work of fishing. Simon Peter is still presented in the role of leader. When he announces that he's going fishing, the other disciples follow. They spend the night fishing but are unsuccessful. And Jesus calls to them from the shore. But just as when Jesus first appeared to Mary of Magdala, disciples don't recognize him immediately. Still, they follow the stranger's instructions and bring in a large haul of fish. Maybe they think that what they're doing isn't working, so let's try something else. It's at this, we'll never know, will we? Until we get to heaven and we can ask. It's at this point that one of the disciples labeled the disciple whom Jesus loved or referred to as the disciple the disciple whom Jesus loved realizes that Jesus is appearing to them. Upon hearing this news, Simon Peter leads the way again, jumping from the boat and swimming to shore. The other disciples follow in the boat, dragging the fish. The disciples had brought to shore a tremendous catch of fish that Jesus has directed them to find. But once on the shore, they see that Jesus has already prepared fish and bread on a charcoal fire. He directs the disciples to bring their catch of fish as well. Jesus is the host at the meal that follows feeding the disciples the bread and fish. In this detail today, we see allusions to the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and fishes, as told in John in chapter 6. There are also allusions in the Gospel to our gathering for the celebration of the Mass. In the Eucharist, we too are fed by Jesus in the bread and wine that has become his very body and blood. Capital B, capital B, capital B body and capital B blood. We also find in this story insight about the presentation of the gifts at the Mass. The gifts we bring to the altar, bread and wine, are made from gifts that that God gave first to us, grain and grapes, the fruit of the earth. God has no need of anything further. Yet God accepts the offering we bring, bread and wine, 
And if you listen the next time you're at Mass, the work of human hands, the priest says that, the work of human hands, bread and wine, the work of human hands, and transforms our offering into the gift of his very presence. After the meal, Jesus directs himself to Simon Peter. The community of John's gospel probably looked down on Peter because of his denial of Jesus. This dialogue with Simon Peter is a reversal of Peter's three denials. Remember, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. Peter is forgiven, having been restored to friendship with Jesus. Simon Peter is sent on a mission. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. These commands indicate that Peter is to be as Jesus even unto sacrificing for the flock. As Jesus has fed Peter in this meal, and as Jesus feeds us in the Eucharist every Sunday, or if you're a midweek goer, every time you go to Mass. So he also sends us to follow him, asking that we offer our lives in service and as sacrifice. Let's listen to the readings now. The first reading is from a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. The captain went with the temple police and brought the apostles who were teaching in the temple and had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned the apostles, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, yet here you are filled with Jerusalem. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and saviour, that you might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Then the council ordered the apostles not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. As they left the council, they rejoiced that they were considered worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name, the word of the Lord. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Responsorial Psalm today is Psalm 30. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. I will raise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. 
for his anger is but a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. A reading from the book of Revelation. I, John, looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might for ever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped the word of the Lord. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in, because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other's disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about ninety metres off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred fifty-three of them. And, they, and though there were met so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. 
This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead.
Listening to your Catholic Corner 89.0 Free FM. On this, the third Sunday of Easter, with very special thanks to the parishioners of St. Matthew's and Hillcrest in Hamilton City, New Zealand. Have you ever wondered why we pray the Creed at Mass? If you're a cradle Catholic, you probably know this. But I don't actually recall it it being part of my RCIA studies. Maybe it was. I don't recall it. Now, the creed is because each one, and there are two, there's the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, are a summary of the Christian faith, and they express the central truths that members of the Catholic Church believe. At the cathedral, we pray both creeds, depending on the time of the year. The long one and the short one. That's how I remember them, the long one and the short one. The short one is the Apostles' Creed, and that's the one that we are praying now through the Easter season. At other times of the year, we pray the longer one, the Nicene Creed. I'm not sure about you, but I get so used to praying the Nicene Creed the long one, that when we attend Mass at another parish in another area, for example in Taranaki or Kapiti, which is where most of our out-of-town worshipping takes place, and they use the other creed to what we're used to, I sometimes trip myself up because I sadly don't pray them both equally enough to, I'm embarrassed to say, to remember the words without them being prompted on the, on the overhead. The Nicene Creed has a little bit of history. The Nicene Creed was written during two of the great councils of the church, the one in Nicosia in 322 AD and then in Constantinople in 381 AD. It's the church's way of briefly summarizing the most important truths of our faith, of the faith. It is, first of all, a profession of faith, and that's what the priest says. Let's now stand and profess our faith. And it's a personal act. It's a personal statement of what you believe, of what I believe, and of what we believe collectively. I read somewhere, and the analogy has kind of stuck. It's a bit like the About Me section on LinkedIn, Facebook, or a blog, where you put what you like to do, what movies you like to watch, your favorite quotes and music. Things that you love and enjoy, because they describe you. When we pray the creed, we say, I believe in one God. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit. It describes us and what we believe. It's a summary of the central truths of being Catholic. We profess it as something individually important to each one of us, something that tells others about us. However, It's also something that we share in common with the rest of the faithful in the Catholic Church. All members of the Catholic Church personally profess the same beliefs within the creed 
and we are therefore connected. The creed unites the faithful as one church. Capital one, capital C, capital zero, sorry, capital O for one, capital C for church. It's faithful as one church. And as St. Augustine said, let the creed be like a mirror for you. Look at yourself in it to see whether you really believe in all that you claim to believe and rejoice every day in your faith. So now, together, let's pray the Apostles' Creed together this morning. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for spending the last half an hour of your life with me with God this Sunday morning, the third Sunday of Easter. Peace be with you. Stay safe. God bless.
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.